Welcome back to the old personal podcast where we turn the good old saying nothing personal, just business upside down and prove how, in fact, it's all personal. Nothing is just business. Because it's all either intrapersonal, how we manage ourselves, or interpersonal, how we manage our relationships with others, both at home and at work. It's all about our personal skills muscles. In this episode, I talked to Brit Skrabanek. She is the self-published fiction author of four novels, Beneath the Satin Gloves, Everything's Not Bigger, Nola Fran Evie, and Virasana. Brit is also a content strategist and the co-founder of Super Neat Marketing. She's a long-time blogger and the host of Love Your Enthusiasm, a self-empowerment podcast that inspires women to pursue their greatest passion. She is also a yogi, ballet dancer, cat mom, and life enthusiast. I loved our episode because you can tell she is a writer. She is taking us on a story of becoming, of how she became a writer and then a content marketer and then a podcaster, so many roles and how she overcame her fears, especially the fear of sharing content with others initially. She is also talking to us about how can you perform and be an introvert and also about how podcasts are also a good medium of expression for introverts. She talks about how she coped with criticism when she started to put herself out there, how she bounced back after being laid off and what she did afterwards, how she learned new skills all the way in this journey of becoming. So stay tuned, keep listening and hear her story. You will find yourselves resonating with it so many times. Are you ready to hear a good story? Here we go. Great. Welcome to the All Personal Podcast. Thank you, Roxana. I am so excited to be here. Oh, it's so so good to have you here um, because I know that we've talked before and I know you have such a great energy <laughs> and <laughs> you have so many things to share. Uh, and actually, you know that right now when I said um, welcome to the All Personal Podcast, I was thinking... Because we rehearsed your name and I only said Brit <laughs> to introduce <laughs> you. So yeah, Brit Skravanek. You got um, it. I got it. Thank it's you Czech. for it's practicing Czech, so with me. Yeah, it's Czech. So it's from the, from your neck of the woods over there on the oh, Eastern yeah. Europe side. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, so um, it's so good to have you. And before we dive right into our conversation on 
on skills and passion and how how you got to do what you're doing today i just wanted to ask you to quickly say what it is that you're doing today <laughs> oh man what am i not doing today is probably right. a better answer <laughs> Well, uh, today I, I run two businesses. So my main business is super neat marketing and I am a content marketer where I create websites and blogs and videos with my business partner, who is also my husband of 16 years, I believe this year. Whoa. Yep. And we've been running that business together for four years and I'm a writer. So that was a natural progression for me to go from writer to becoming a content marketer. And then the other business is newer, and that is my podcast, Love Your Enthusiasm, which you were on, Roxana, and you were <laughs> fabulous. That's when we first met recently. And that is a passion project and hopefully a business one day. But for now, it is just a passion project and something that I am doing to use my content marketing skills in right. a way that is really fulfilling a passion for myself rather than all of the content that I do for everybody else and everybody else's businesses. Mm -hmm. So a lot of, okay, content marketing, writing, podcasting, um, these are, all, have they always been with you? I mean, when did you know? How did you know that, hey, you know, this is what I want to do? Is this what you were dreaming of doing as a kid? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, Roxana, I was always a writer. And mm -hmm. I still actually don't like calling myself a writer. I, I even saying that right now, it's is weird to me because when I used to write, when I was a kid, I would write in my journal all the time. And it was all very secretive. I never shared my writing with others that didn't happen until I was 30. And that was when I wrote my first fiction novel and on a dare, may I add, my husband dared me to write a novel and I did not knowing what I was doing and at the same time when I was 30 I also started a blog and when you are a self-published fiction author it's all about having this platform right your personal brand you need to be able to get the word out and blogging as a natural companion when you are a fiction author because you're a writer um, so that was when I started blogging when I was 30 and, and writing fiction. And before that, though, I had never shared my writing with anyone unless it was in school and the teachers, you know, forced us to share writing or the teacher would read my writing aloud in class, which was horrifying because I am absolutely an introvert and always have mm -hmm. been. But, you know, on the other side of that, there's a performance and movement side of me. I have been dancing all of my life and that started from a young age. So there's the performance side of things, which that is where people always get confused. They're like, wait, how can you be a performer? How can you perform in front of a thousand people and be an introvert? And yeah. a lot of, you know, creative people, actors included, celebrities, a lot of them mm -hmm. are actually introverted as well. So I think it's kind of that, dual uh, passion that I've always had for writing and movement that got me here. But it wasn't until I was, you know, 10 years ago when I was 
turning 30 that I kind of started figuring out my way. But, you know, when I was a kid, I wanted to be <laughs> all kinds of things. Like I was pretty obsessed with Indiana Jones and Tomb Raider uh -huh. after that. So I thought I was going to be an archaeologist. And then I was like, no, but I love dancing. I'll be a dancer. No, I love writing. Maybe I'll be an author. Maybe I'll be a journalist. And then I got into international studies when I was in college and thought I was going to go work for the UN or become a war correspondent. So, I mean, I've been all over the map, but I think for the most part, all of those things are, are part of me and that I love adventures. I love exploration, both inside and outside in the world. And that was such a great story to tell. <laughs> I mean, honestly, <laughs> it was so, and so many, so many nuggets there. So first of all, I'm really, really happy that you've mentioned the introvert part of, of who you are and how that helps as well. Because yes, I know that there are a lot of people who say, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm an introvert. And then I can't, I can't do this because I'm an introvert, but it's so true there are so many introverted performers out there and it's just because that's the way that they can express themselves right it's it's dancing or music or acting or whatever it is is a way of of expression yeah but, and for so. and for most of us introverts too we don't maybe communicate as well as others mm -hmm. or want to express ourselves that way and so our voice comes out maybe artistically uh, through, you know, dance or, or visual art or writing yeah. or or some other way. And and you're absolutely right that it's it's us finding a way to express ourselves. And mm -hmm. you know, writing and movement have always been there for me. And I, it's kind of funny to become a content marketer and a podcaster so much later in life. And podcasting is content technically, right. but it makes sense in a way because it's sharing content. So it's, you know, this self-expression that I'm actually, but I'm sharing it with others, sharing my voice. I finally got to a point where I felt comfortable and able to do that. Um, so it's about self-expression, um, but it's also still art. It's still content and creativity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I was, uh, as you were saying that, I was thinking you basically took the uh, the dancing and transformed it into this new way of expressing yourself through podcasting. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, you know, it's like having your own radio show. It's a bit of a, there's a yeah. bit of a performance aspect to it. I mean, obviously mm -hmm. you've been on my podcast and now I'm on yours and it's, it's authentic and uh, it's a great medium for introverts because if need be, you can have some notes and you can talk beforehand <laughs> a little bit. So all of that's good. And also, you know, whatever works for you. I mean, we can do the same thing in so many different ways. It doesn't have to be the same way. So um, I wanted to ask you though, so writing was, was there for you or has been there with you um, since almost forever, since you were a kid, right? And then uh, you discovered the the content marketing and the podcasting along the way. So I going back to what made you discover that? How how did you know? Hey, you know, I want to start doing this. What skills did you suddenly notice that were with you that you wanted to put out there? 
I think putting it out there was the biggest skill I had to learn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because this was something that I had always done, mm -hmm. but I never knew that I was going to do it professionally and also to share it so publicly. I mean, a blog is very, very public. That is the online environment. Yeah. And I have always shared very personal anecdotes and stories on my blog on brittscrabonic.com. And I don't know what it was necessarily. I think that the digital world can be this nice kind of safe place for introverts to share their voice because right. it isn't in front of a bunch of people, even though it is. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think the putting yourself out there part was a skill I had mm -hmm. to learn because it is scary. I mean, there's that whole idea of thinking, I don't know if I have anything to offer everybody, mm -hmm. especially if you're giving some sort of advice or talking about life. It's kind of that self-doubt and thinking, who am I? What do I know? And a lot of that plays into it, especially if you're sharing very personal things like I do on my blog and my podcasts. But, you know, luckily I had some people that encouraged me and they were kind of, there's two situations. So my husband, as I said, dared me to write my first novel. I didn't know what I was doing <laughs> at all. He just said, why don't you try it? Because he knew just from all of my scribbling in my journal and secret that I could write and really encouraged me to do that and also to start my blog. And then a few years, uh, actually just a couple of years before that, I had already gotten into my first marketing job at a nonprofit arts education organization here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin called Danceworks. Mm -hmm. And the, um, the, I don't think she's, I'm sorry. I'm like totally spacing on what her, <laughs> what her <laughs> title is. Um, Debbie is her name, Debbie Ferris. Uh -huh. And she, she was running Danceworks and I had written my first article for a local alternative newspaper called Shepherd Express. And the newspaper was laying on the front desk counter and I was doing some random front desk job there. Debbie saw my article in the paper, holds it up to me, starts holding, holding it up and showing everybody in the office, like, this is Brit. Brit wrote this. And it was, I was one, I, I was so embarrassed because it was like, there was my name in print. And that was one of my goals that year was I wanted to get some, some writing out in an actual yeah. newspaper and this was many mm -hmm. many years ago and that was such a big thing and her sharing it with everybody was so embarrassing but then also she said as soon as the mark their marketing person left i got that marketing assistant job because she was like you can write so you can do marketing and i'm thinking what and this was <laughs> the early days this is before content marketing was a thing so this was like right. back in 2009, 2010. And so she was right though. That's what was so weird. And more and more we've seen that marketing has become content mm -hmm. marketing and content at its core is, is writing and that, that type of expression. And then there's the different yeah. mediums like video podcasting, et cetera. 
And it was funny that you mentioned that because you were basically using your your example at the beginning with the teacher asking you to share what you wrote in front of the classroom. (laughs) You were back there again. (laughs) I was back there again. And I've been I'm still back there, except now I publish and share my own shit. (laughs) So I always think about those days, though, in class. And and so that also goes to show you, though, that I also had many teachers that were very encouraging of my writing skills when I was younger I didn't see it that way I saw it as just mortifying whenever they wanted to share my essays or my stories with the class they would just read it aloud in front of everybody I didn't have to do it but my teacher would and it's because my teacher was sharing my writing as an example to the class yeah and I was very uncomfortable with that every time it happened when I was growing up, but it did happen quite a bit. And now I know looking back that they were actually encouraging me (laughs) by embarrassing me. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, their intention definitely was to encourage you. Um, But yeah, I mean, that's the difference, right? Between the intentions that we have and then the perceptions that we get, because your perception was embarrassment and their intention was encouragement but hey it was all for the good because this is how you got the marketing job and i find it very interesting talking to people about how they got to do what they do how it all intertwines at some point there are so many ways in which if you're consistent enough your your passion pretty much finds you or follows you you know, um, even if you're not necessarily looking for it, or especially when you're not looking for it, it just comes. Because it's that combination of preparation and opportunity, with, which was what you just described when, when Debbie shared what you had written, and then, hey, you can do marketing because you can write. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing I want to add, Roxana, and I totally agree with you, of course, about you know, when your passion finds you, it's it's easier to put yourself out there because mm-hmm. you're doing something that you're passionate about, something that you believe in. But also it's very personal and it's very deep. And so I think that was what was so scary about having my writing shared in front of the class is that came from a very inner layer of myself that I would never share with anyone else. And that's the really beautiful thing that we love about Mm -hmm. writing and about reading books and reading people's blogs is that we know that even if we aren't writers, we understand that this is a very difficult skill uh, to do, but also to put yourself out there with that skill is, is very hard for a lot of writers. So how was that for you when you saw your book, when your first book was published? How, how did that go? What other skills did you have to use or did you have to grow so that you can actually enjoy that, right? Because it was, that's a big thing. I mean, right? Publishing your first book. It is, it is a big thing and I don't know how many of your listeners know how long it takes to write a book, but it takes years for most people. It takes anywhere from, you know, two to, I would say two plus years. I mean, I've known writers who have spent 10 years on books. I haven't personally. I'm usually in the two to three year range, Mm -hmm. but when you're doing something 
that is already a strong skill of yours. And for me, that is writing. It's yeah. part of you and it's, it's part of your nature. So it actually like goes beyond being a strength. It's, it's actually a part of you. And when you're doing that kind of skill that you're really good at, you lose yourself in your work. And I mean, hours and hours can go by unnoticed yeah. because you're in that flow. And you kind of have to be when you're writing a novel because you have a novel is usually about 50,000 words plus for it to yeah. be a novel. And there were some Sundays where I would just say, I'm going to sit down and write 10,000 words today for this novel. And just, that's all I did on a Sunday and really just lost myself in my work. And it was a really beautiful process. The part of the process that I didn't like and still don't like today is the marketing side of it. No and way. Yeah, because <laughs> it's a lot easier for me to help other people market their businesses versus me marketing myself and my own creativity. And that was one of the most difficult things. And I would say, even though I, I've self-published three books at this point, and I have a fourth one ready as well that I've been sitting on for two years, it's been ready, but I've been kind of hesitant about publishing it after, which is strange after having published three already, but it's, I haven't quite found a way to market it. And, and also it's very difficult. And I know how, how much I don't like the marketing creativity process. It just takes the fun out of it, Roxana. It's just like all the like creativity and all the love that you put it in, put in there and then putting it out there is difficult. So fiction is obviously very subjective. Art is subjective in general mm -hmm. and fiction, especially. So I've had bad reviews on previous books. I've had great ones too, but I've had a couple of bad ones and you know, those stay with you. And you think about that. Once you start putting yourself out there, you're putting yourself out there mm -hmm. to have your work ripped to shreds potentially. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, exactly. And not necessarily by people who, you know, know how, how the process goes, how it is and what it means and all that. It's just like people who read it and then they have an opinion about it. Right. So that's and everybody the... has an opinion, right? Absolutely. <laughs> I think so... this last year or so has especially taught us that with just how everybody has an opinion <laughs> Oh yeah. and everybody oh, yeah. likes to share that opinion. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> exactly. Very often <laughs> and to a lot of people. So, so, um, but by the way, how, how did that go for you? Cause it's not something, so that's not something that was there before, right? Or it was even the opposite of that. So you didn't enjoy, um, sharing cause that was personal, right? And you, you were feeling embarrassed about people reading the, the stuff that you were writing and now it was out there, it was published, it was criticized. So what, what did you have to build within so that you can absolutely cope with that? Do you cope with that? How do you cope with that? <laughs> no, I don't. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I've coped with it to a certain extent, but I've also, um, okay, so there's growing a thicker skin, obviously. I mean, that's mm -hmm. just like the obvious thing that you have to work on if you're going to be putting your work out there for others to both enjoy and or criticize. 
So I've worked on that a lot, of course, but also Roxanne, I changed paths. So I thought for a mm -hmm. while that I was going to be a fiction author. I wanted to do that. And then after releasing several books and seeing what the marketing side was like, and also not making very much money from that whatsoever. <laughs> I thought, okay, this isn't really a long-term plan to be an author. So how can I use what I've learned with my blog and also with fiction and that kind of creative storytelling, how can I actually make a living with this passion. Mm -hmm. And that's where I already had a marketing job at the time. Marketing started transitioning into content marketing. And I ended up getting a, a job at a really, really established marketing agency when I moved mm -hmm. to Portland because of my personal blog and everything I had done there that got me a job. And then from there, ended up learning content marketing, eventually became a consultant and started my business. So really it's just not for me is kind of what I learned along right. the way. That was, the, and that was hard. That was hard to figure out. Cause I started to think that being a fiction author was my dream. And then I saw the reality of that. And being an artist is very difficult. Uh, and trying to make a living that way completely mm -hmm. is, is next to impossible, especially uh, there's certain art mm -hmm. forms that pay better than others. And I picked yeah. two of the lowest paying art forms, which is dancing and writing. <laughs> but I found a way with through content marketing to be able yeah. to make a living with my with my skills and with my writing passion. Exactly. I think, um, yeah, you you found a way and it, it was also sort of like that this way found you at some point uh, with people encouraging you because it was you know the teacher who was sharing your content with the kids at school and then Devi sharing your writing with the people at the place that you were working at and then your husband daring you to publish to write and to publish your book I think you know these were to me the way that you describe it it's um it's almost as if um, you know, there was this whole push from everyone around you. Hey, you have something, by the way, you have something to offer, which was your initial doubt, let's say, right? I don't know if I have anything to offer. Who am I to offer this? Who am I to really do this? And then all of these people telling you, hey, you've got content. You've got great content and you can do this. That's awesome. <laughs> it is awesome. We have so many amazing people in our lives that right? encourage us and push us to do things. And I don't think we always recognize it as I was describing yeah. earlier when I didn't yeah. realize my teachers weren't trying to embarrass me in school. They were trying to encourage me. Mm -hmm. And even my boss that hired me at that marketing agency in Portland so many years ago, I mean, that's when I became a content marketer. Mm -hmm. He took a mm -hmm. chance on me. I did not have any experience with B2B business to business marketing, but he saw the potential because I could write and I had a voice yeah. and I was able to relate to people. And so he took a chance on me. 
And I think it's really important for us to take a step back and, and, and see those people in our lives that got us to where we are, because there were people, even if they were a boss that you may or may not like. And in fact, the, the boss that I just mentioned at that marketing agency, he actually laid me off years later. Mm-hmm. And that was because his company went under and it had grown really, really quickly. And then he had to lay off people. I was one of the first to go and it was, he didn't want to do it. I was so mad at him. It was the first time I'd ever been laid off in my life. The guy that took a chance on me believed in me, made me, you know, basically helped me become a content marketer, laid me off. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But when I lost that job, that was when I started consulting as a content Mm -hmm. marketer. As soon as I got laid off, I reached out to people and I said, Hey, I'd like to do some consulting. And that was actually when I started my business was from a layoff. So, um, see another, another, another kick, (laughs) a kick that, that turns into an opportunity, right? I love that. Um, but then I'm, I'm wondering, so, okay, you, went from being employed suddenly now you're not employed anymore and you're starting your consulting business what did that change with you so what other what other skills did you have to put on top of everything else that you already had because you said oh i didn't enjoy marketing for my book so now you have to market for your business yeah yeah luckily i had already established myself Mm-hmm. as a marketing thought leader because my name was all over that company's blog because I ran the blog yeah. and mm-hmm. wrote a lot of articles. And so again, I was able to lean on my greatest skill of writing mm-hmm. and emails are written forms of communication, which works yeah. out really, really well for me. <laughs> and so whenever possible, Roxana, I avoided calls whenever I was trying to get new business and instead did most of my communication through writing, through email and by sharing my work. And that really worked for me. And so to answer your question about other skills, I mean, when you're going to run a business, those are the new skills that you have to learn. And a lot Mm -hmm. of them, this goes beyond marketing. A lot of them are not that fun (laughs) (laughs) because you need to learn uh, cash flow. You need to learn the finance side of things, which I was very, very weak in personally. Mm -hmm. And you have to learn those things as a person running a business. And so again, that's not fun. Then there's the business development side, which we started to talk about. How do you get the business for yourself? And luckily I was able to lean on the thought leadership blogs that I already had out and how I had established myself over the years, how I built up my personal brand, Mm -hmm. even through my personal blog, people knew that I had that skill. They knew I could write and that I could write just about anything. And then, you know, I would stick more to those email conversations with people versus getting on phone calls or meeting in person because I knew I wasn't as strong in those scenarios. So if I was trying to get business and close a deal, I definitely Mm -hmm. leaned more on the skills I was strongest in, which was writing communication. Uh, And I love that you you said 
um, what you said about not really <laughs> or trying to avoid calling people, but rather emailing them because I pretty much do the same thing so I can resonate on that. But also, I think it's important to know what works best for you so that you can use that instead of, you know, trying to really force something that you hear that you should be doing, but then it doesn't really work for you. So it doesn't give you the results. Because um, yeah. I hear a lot of people, especially entrepreneurs, but not just entrepreneurs, also people who are employed, who really struggle with that. And then they think just because it's out there and everybody else seems to be doing that thing, like calling people, they think that, okay, we need to do the same thing. But if it doesn't work for you, and if you have a, a an option, an alternative, take it if it works better for you. I totally agree. And that makes me think about networking. Let's talk about networking for Let's a second. Let's talk about networking. Because, yeah. okay, so obviously networking has changed a lot where everything is virtual now. But before mm -hmm. we used to go to networking events, which yeah. are code for Brit's worst nightmare <laughs> going into a random place or office where there's some coffee and pastry set out and you've got that little name tag on and you've got to just walk up to people and start selling yourself and your services. Yeah. Oh my God, worst case scenario for me. And so <laughs> my husband is the opposite. He is very gifted at speaking and uh, was in sales for a long time and, and led sales teams. So that is more of his skill. And so I was able to be more of his wing woman where I would just kind of <laughs> follow him around. And, but it was bad because it's like, he was the talker. And then I was just like, I'm the writer. So I'll, uh, I'll help I'll you later. We can catch up by email. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, that was networking for me, which I had to do quite a bit of once we started our business together. And mind you, I started off as a consultant when I got laid off, just backing off backing up for a moment. So we uh, ended up starting our business, Super Neat Marketing together. I think it was about a year and a half later, we went into business together. So basically we, we learned that we are a good team and, and most husband husbands and wives mm -hmm. or partners don't necessarily need to run businesses together. We just, we gave it a whirl and it worked. But uh, with, with the networking, I wanna say that networking can also be done in a way that works for you. And so one of the things that I do pretty well is because I'm more introverted, I'm good like one-on-one -on -one and yep. with small groups of people. My podcast is a per perfect example of a way that you could network mm -hmm. if you um, are having guests on your show regularly, like I do. My podcast, Love Your Enthusiasm is almost exclusively all guest interviews. And mm -hmm. so I meet great people like you, Roxana, and all the other <laughs> wonderful women. I've had 30 plus women on my show already that launched Whoa. last year. And I know because of that connection that we had on my podcast that I can reach out to any of these women and vice versa, and we will support each other. And so that's networking and that's using my skills with content to build relationships with others by having them as a guest on my show. Mm -hmm. And then we have that personal connection. We had that very yeah. intimate hour together 
And then we're always connected and I often will stay connected and talk to people regularly, whether on social or by email. And so I'd like to encourage people to mm -hmm. also think differently about some of those traditional models that we think of when it comes to running our business and promoting our business. Exactly. And in, and in building our, our personal brand, because you mentioned that and I love that, that you've said it, because it's all about how we communicate with, with others in a way that's also helpful to us. So um, just the fact that you know, you can notice what works and what doesn't work. And it's a one-on-one -on -one conversation. If, it, if it, this works for me, then fine. And um, I wanted to also ask you, because you said your, your podcast is your, your passion project. Um, and plus it's called love your enthusiasm, which <laughs> definitely <laughs> relates to the, the passion part of it. But what made you want to start the podcast and how has your, how has that changed the way that you interact with, with people and has it helped you with phone calls, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, this is this is a big conversation and I am a yogi as as you are as well Roxana mm -hmm. and many many years ago when I did my yoga teacher training I learned that my throat chakra was imbalanced. So mm -hmm. and that is very common for people who are introverted and where speaking yeah. is not as natural for them so it was my throat chakra. And I had been working and strengthening those other skills, like the writing skills for so long. I, I got to a point where I said, okay, so how am I going to balance my throat chakra? What do I need to do? Because I'm never going to be the person that's like, I'm going to start teaching classes, like marketing classes <laughs> to hundreds uh -huh. of people or, um, you know, speaking engagements. I'm like, mm -hmm. no way. And so the you know, podcasting started to become more popular over time. And I started thinking about it because I had had my blog for so long. I started my personal blog in 2012 and it is still going today. And that is pretty unusual. There aren't many bloggers who blog as long as I have and as long as some yeah. of my other blogging friends have, but still at it. <laughs> <laughs> But I yeah. was kind of thinking, what's next? You know, I've had this blog for a really, really long time. What am I going to do next? And on the blog, I actually had a series for a while, and it was a guest series that was called the Life Enthusiast Chronicles. So the Life okay. Enthusiast Chronicles. And I also through blogging had built up this wonderful community. That was how I built up this wonderful network and first learned mm -hmm how I could use my writing to kind of build a small tribe or community. And I went to the closest people in that community, people I'm still close to today that I can also email if I need something or I need support and vice versa and ask them if they would answer one question, which is what makes you enthusiastic about life? And mm -hmm. each of them wrote their response to that. And it was this really, really popular series on my blog. And it kind of surprised me because it was so simple, but each person's yeah. answer was so different of mm -hmm. what makes them enthusiastic about life. And so I ran that series for a few years and then eventually 
as I started Super Neat Marketing, I didn't have as much time for my blog. The series kind of faded away and I was doing the bare minimum to keep my blog going. But in the back of my mind, Roxana, I was always like, one day I'm gonna do something else with the Life Enthusiast Chronicles. I don't know what it is, but one day I'm gonna do something with it. And then a couple of years ago, I got this itch to start a second business that actually folded last year because of COVID. And that second business was called Clove Travel and Wellness. And it was oh my God. content publication <laughs> about staying healthy while traveling. <laughs> I mean, the staying healthy part of it, that was just good. The, but traveling, no way. <laughs> just the whole thing just died like before it started and i even like launched the llc and everything and oh so anyways and i also invested some money in it and i mm -hmm. had been working with writers where i hired a bunch of writers to help me with write articles and that was also going to have a podcast so there was going to be a podcast and a written publication and it was going to be a lifestyle brand about staying healthy while traveling. I was so pumped about it. That was my, that was going to be my passion business, not my passion project, but it was going to be a full on business. And obviously I invested money and time and my husband helped me build a beautiful website and we were all ready to launch. I had 13 podcasts that were recorded. Luckily I had not gone into post-production yet, which would have been crazy expensive but right. I had interviewed 13 people and then I had, yeah. I don't know, like 50 pieces of content, five, zero pieces of content that yeah. were ready to go as well for the website and the blog. And then COVID happened. And literally I was going to launch that business in January of 2020. And then, sorry. Yeah, it was yeah. 2020. Yeah. We're in 2020. Yeah. Now. Yeah. And then I, <laughs> exactly. And then I start hearing about this stuff that's going on in, in China. And I was kind of like, oh goodness, like what's going on over here? And then the news starts traveling faster and I'm like, okay, let me just delay this brand launch. Let me just wait, let me just wait. Kept waiting and eventually it was like, this is not going to happen. Clove is dead. There is no way that I can launch this business. And it's kind of that maybe later thing but then yeah. I thought, well, that now I see the huge weakness with that business, which is that it was completely tied to the travel industry, which mm -hmm. as we know, and as we've seen can be a very volatile industry for a business. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. So there I was sitting there very sad <laughs> in April of 2020. Of course. Yeah. So makes sad, sense. Crushed because here I was finally going to use all of my skills that I learned the content. I'm like, I'm going to start this podcast. I'm going to balance my throat chakra. I love traveling. It's a great lifestyle business for me, blah, blah, blah. And then that didn't happen. So I was sitting there on my couch, super sad. And then I started thinking about the Life Enthusiast Chronicles. I was like, okay, what if I just do a podcast about that? Mm -hmm. Some sort of spinoff of that. And then my husband, I ran that by him and he said, that's it. There you go. And together uh -huh. we, we came up with the name Love Your Enthusiasm because I was trying to do some sort of play off of Life Enthusiast. And yeah. you've probably heard of the show Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. This was about loving it instead of trying to curb it. And <laughs> it all really came together. And the podcast launched in June of 2020. 
And it was very rocky because I had to ask a lot of people to talk about their enthusiasm when most people did not feel enthusiastic about anything. Exactly. exactly. And I am so thankful for, it's, it's a completely uh, women-based uh, mm -hmm. show. So it's about women supporting women. So all the guests have been women. And I am very, very thankful that they all were able to be on the show and to talk about their enthusiasm and muster the enthusiasm for the show. Right. And it's been really inspiring and I'm, I'm forever grateful to all of them. And I'm really happy that you did it because it's such a great show. I mean, first, it's such a great show. Um, second, I love the story of this show. And just listening to you today, I have to say, it's a story in a story in a story. So <laughs> <laughs> you've got content. Um, <laughs> I'm a bit of a storyteller, I've been told. Oh, a little bit, yeah, <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> so, um, but for sure, it's just that idea of quite a bounce back. And I think, you know, thinking about another, another kick, big kick that was turned into an opportunity, that you turned into an opportunity, which I think is so inspiring, and especially right now, um, that this kind of flexibility of, okay, what can I do? Yeah, I lost it and I'm, I'm, I lost this one and I'm super sad and it sucks, but hey, what can I do with, to bounce back from this? That's one. And I think just talking about enthusiasm, especially in, in hard times, in tough times, that's, that's crucial because that helps so much with imagining something different or with, putting things into a different perspective, which is a lot of what we need, because you can't talk about COVID all day long. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, who's, who wants to hear about that? You know, and, and it was Come so on. bad, especially when this, when this podcast was launching, it was just like, so much there was, you know, civil unrest and protests and riots yeah. that were happening at that time yeah. in June. And it was, you know, COVID and the media and just, oh, such a yucky time and such a scary yeah. time. And I also, I think I might've told you on the podcast, I can't remember, but we, my husband and I did a cross country move as well mm -hmm. at that time in March of 2020. And that was all planned before COVID hit. And so we had actually sold all of our shit. <laughs> we sold oh, all of our stuff, wow. sold our vehicle, and we were about to move across the country when all of this stuff happened as well. So we were sitting in an empty house in Portland, about to pack everything into a van with our two cats and move across the country while I was realizing that Clove Travel and Wellness was no more. And so, yes, it, it was a huge bounce back. And I, I agree, it was kind of similar to the time where I got laid off. And I said, you know what, I am not going to sit around and just look for a job and collect unemployment. And mind you, the job market is very competitive in Portland, mm -hmm. Oregon. It's thriving, but competitive. And I thought, what can I do? What else can I do? Like, let's get creative here. And the same thing happened with Love Your Enthusiasm because I had all the podcast equipment just sitting there hmm. collecting dust. It was like, well, why don't you just do a different podcast? And, and it seemed like the perfect time to talk about loving our enthusiasm because one, we didn't have any, <laughs> and two, that made it all the more important to talk about it and to talk about the yeah. things that we love 
and what keeps us going, especially knowing that life is absolutely short and Mm -hmm. that we need to do the things that we love. It doesn't matter if it makes us money or not going back to my fiction. It could, you know, it could be a, you know, you can do things because you love it. You don't have to turn it into a money-making endeavor, but then simultaneously, maybe you can find a way to make money with your passion. Like I did with content marketing And maybe it's not the path you thought you were going to take, but here we are. (laughs) But hey, it's the path that you can, that you can build for yourself. And it's much more, I think, much more beautiful. And it brings much more enthusiasm in your life on a, on a regular basis, I think. Exactly. So I wanted to ask you before. Before I let you go, because we're almost done with our time, but I want to ask you this one question at the end of the show. Um, I want to ask you for one thought of wisdom, and it can be anything, a quote or your thoughts or a a movie, whatever it is that you want to share with people listening to us right now. I was going through a pretty tough time recently where I I dealt with kind of a new form of rejection with my creativity, and I won't go into that story, but I shared a blog post recently about what it's like to be a creative introvert, and it was sort of an anthem more than a blog Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. I just felt like I needed to say what it's like to be this type of person where you are introverted, but you have this passion for sharing your creativity with others. You don't keep it to yourself. You feel compelled to share your creativity with the world, similar to my podcast where I thought, I want to help other people with my creativity. I want to do something that is meaningful both to myself and will hopefully be meaningful to others. But again, you're putting yourself out there and not everybody is going to like what you do. (laughs) Not everybody is going to like you or or what you stand for. And I went through a pretty tough time recently. And so I wrote this blog and I want to say to other people who are creative introverts that for every person who doesn't like us or what we do, there is somebody else who does for every critic there is a fan. And I think it is so important for us to remember that, that what we do will not be universally loved, but if we love it and we love it more than anything else in the world, we're doing it for the love, then that's all that matters. I love this. I love this because this is so, so true. And it's also so helpful, right? I mean, and for everybody out there who thinks they're not creative you think about creative ways of doing things and this is so useful to know that hey if your intention is this then put it out there and that's that you can't please everybody right nope, you can't and you may not want to be the person that pleases everybody i know exactly. i'm not everybody's cup of tea and I'm yeah. happy about that. I was never popular yeah. in school. I wasn't. I was like, <laughs> I got along with everybody for the most part. But, you know, there are some people that didn't like me, I'm sure. I mean, it's the same deal now. It's so weird to think about high school carrying over into the world of being an adult. But it absolutely does. 
<laughs> oh, absolutely. Right? I mean, everything that we were before becoming an adult, we bring it with us. I mean, a lot exactly. of that. So, okay. That's, that's, that's a great, great um, share for the end of our conversation. Thank you so much, Britt. That's so, so inspirational. And thank you for sharing it. And I will put all of the links to, to your blog and to your social media channels so that people can, can read what you write and can get in touch with you and can listen to your podcast. Thank you so much for, for being with, with me today on the All Personal Podcast. Thank you, Roxana. I had another lovely time hanging out with you. Awesome. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> so how about trusting ourselves more? How about putting ourselves more out there? No matter what that means for you. I loved Brit's story of becoming. Also a story of overcoming obstacles over and over again by transforming them into opportunities. So, what's an opportunity that's waiting for you right now to discover it? Well, I'll let you do it because that's all personal. Until next time.